I praise the Lord again for their commitment to share. Now, after a weekend like this, how do you tie it off? You know, I'm quite challenged. And I spent some time today praying, actually yesterday and Friday, when I knew I was going to be tying it, or Friday when I, was, I knew I was going to be tying things off, closing thoughts. And I'm like, Lord, what would be the Bible verse? What would be the closing thought in the Bible verse? A, a brief story and, and a spirit of prophecy quote. And these, this is what God brought to my mind. But before I share that with you, I want to ask you to bow your head and let's pray again. And I'm going to keep this brief, but I want to encourage everybody with a brief testimony. Loving Father, thank you for an amazing weekend. Thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence. Thank you for pushing back the darkness. Thank you that the light has broke forth upon our minds. We've been encouraged and strengthened. We've had a mountaintop experience, Lord. So as we, we just close off in these final moments, yet speak to us one more time. In Jesus' name, amen. So I came across the quote in Desire of the Ages, page 499. It says, the way to dispel darkness is to admit light. And the best way to deal with error is to present truth. I invite you to open your Bibles with me, if you have them, to Psalms 102. This is one of my favorite Psalms, as many of you have heard my story. And it gives a beautiful picture of God. Psalms 102, starting with verse 17, speaking of God. He, God, will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he has looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven did he behold the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loosen those that are appointed to what? Death. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. As a child that was first introduced to this lifestyle, I was molested at the age of eight, um, later introduced to pornography by my stepfather, and then my mother would come out as an LGBTQ participant before I was 13 years old. My mother would bring her partner home one day with her from work while she's still married to my stepdad to the family home. And there was a huge argument because my, my stepdad has now figured out for the first time that his wife is committed adultery with, on him with a woman. And so... My sister and I were in the midst of that big argument. We're hearing all this thing. We're seeing these things happening. We see my mother's partner and her girlfriend already. There's a few of them there with my mother. And it was just, it was bizarre. We didn't even understand what was going on. And in the heat of that, that argument, we went out of the house into the front yard. And one of the ladies that was with my mom has a seizure right there and drops. And... An ambulance was called, the paramedics came, they assisted her, she came out of the seizure. My mother then left with her friends and left. And my sister and I went back in the house 
And we, we didn't know how to, how to deal with this. And about a couple weeks later, my mom would approach my sister and I'd take us aside and she would ask us, is it okay if she has a girlfriend and are we okay with that? And she was gonna leave my father, my stepdad. All my sister and I wanted was peace in the home. We didn't understand any of this sexuality thing. I was still reeling and struggling with my own identity after being molested as a little child, and I didn't know how to deal with all of this. And all we wanted was peace in the home, and we just said, Mom, what, whatever you want to do, we just we want a home. We just want peace in the home. And so, a few weeks later, my mother comes home, and she tells us how much she loves us, and then she tells us, go on the bed. And she goes to bed. We go to bed. And I wake up. I can't sleep. I just am troubled. And I go to the bathroom, and there's a suicide note there. So I go and tell my sister. I run and wake up my stepdad. We try to wake up my mother. She overdosed on pills. We try to wake her up. We can't wake her up. We call an ambulance. They come and they take her to the hospital. They pump her stomach. And she, she lives. Praise the Lord. For whatever reason, my mother decided to step away at that moment from that lifestyle and work things out with my stepdad. And time passes. I'm struggling with my own issues. I won't go into that. I want to highlight my mother's challenges. And then my mother would later divorce my stepdad. I would join the Marine Corps. I would leave the home. My sister would join the Army. She would leave the home. Both of us facing our own issues in life. My mother would then eventually divorce my stepdad and then go in full swing into an LGBT community and join that lifestyle. And she remained like that. Now, during that time, after my son was born, because I was in allowed in relationships, a lot of messed up things. Um, I have a video out on my life. You go to our website at Village and you can click the video button, watch my life story. Um, but a lot of crazy things going on. And when we would have birthday parties, parties for my son and family gatherings, uh, you know, just celebrations and that with my brother and my sister, we always invited my mother and her friend. We never left them out. I loved my mother. I didn't understand the confusions and the challenges she was going through, but I loved my mother. And we'd always invite them. My, we never condemned my mother. I never told her what she was doing was wrong because I had my own sins to deal with. And I didn't even know who God was at this time in my life, at that time in my life. I never even knew there was a savior. I knew nothing about Christianity. And God is so amazing. Because I know my mother would pray for me. I know she would, every mother prays for their children. And God would redeem my life from a very corrupt, wicked life and then he would turn around and send me back to my mother. I spent time in federal prison. I came out. I made a covenant with God with my own life, never to view pornography again. But I still had my own brain struggles, the thoughts, and as Brother Carducci was talking about, those images come back in your mind. I'm dealing with all that. But yet I know God has given me victory. 
And as you set forth and put your feet in the path that God is leading in, and you cooperate with him, don't pick up that magazine. Don't look at that video. Don't respond to those thoughts. Cast down every thought and every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to Christ, and he will give you the victory. And as God was giving me that, he allowed me to experience the victory in my own personal life. And then I would begin to pray for my mother. I come out of prison. I'm walking with God. I, I'm led, he leads me right to the Adventist church. I'm, I'm walking with God. I'm praying for my mother. I'm still interacting, but I find she's, she's putting me at a distance because she knows I'm always talking about God. I'm always talking about what Jesus Christ has done for me. Friends, talk to people about what Jesus Christ has done for you. Have you tasted and known that the Lord is good? Don't be silent. Talk about it. Encourage others. They might keep you, at, keep you at bay, but the Holy Spirit's working on their mind. And I'm praying for my mom. I'll tell you, I'm honest. I'll be honest with you. I was praying for my mom. I wasn't praying for her friend. No, I, I, I'm praying for my mom. I want my mom to free, be free. That's my mom. One night, or one day, I'm working on a job site. It's raining out. It's pouring. And her girlfriend calls me. Now, she never called me before, so I thought there was something wrong, with, something happened with my mother. I answered the phone. I started talking to her. And she says, look, Dennis, I grew up a Christian. I know that God does not honor what I am doing in this lifestyle. She says, I want to be free. Will you do Bible studies with me? <laughs> I said, Linda, her name was Linda. I said, Linda... You, you, you bet. <laughs> when can we meet? And so shortly after that, we agreed on a time. We connected together. But before I hung up the phone, she says, look, your mom's, she's really troubled right now because I told her I want out of this relationship. And she's really distraught. Um, I think it'd be good for you to come and share with her. Now, up to that time, I had not laid out my whole life story to my mother and so I hung up. A few days later, I called my mom. I said, hey, I would like to come over and visit. She said, come on over. By then, Linda had left, moved out of the house. I went over. I knocked on the door. I walked into a room filled with cigarette smoke. My mother trembling, literally shaking, sitting there shaking. And I began to tell my mother my life story and my experience. For the first time, I told my mother that I was molested. She didn't know. I was ashamed. I didn't know how to share it. How, how pornography came into my life because my stepdad and how this, is, this ruined me. And for the first time, as we come to the, as I shared more and more, I could see the peace of God come over my mother. And at the end, I said, Mom, can we pray? And she said, yes. And that was the first time I prayed with my mother. And I'll tell you, I'm going to read a quote here. This comes from Christ Object Lessons. It's so powerful. That scripture reading I just read in this quote, it says, Arise and go to your Father. He will meet you a great way off. If you take even one step toward Him in repentance, He will hasten to enfold you in His arms of infinite love. His ear is open to the cry of the contrite soul. The very first reaching out of the heart after God is known to Him. Now note that the very first reaching out of the heart after God is known to him. 
Never a prayer is offered, however, fault, however faltering. Never a tear is shed, however secret. Never a sincere desire after God is cherished, however feeble. But the Spirit of God goes forth to meet it. Now this is probably the most beautiful part of this quote. Even before the prayer is uttered, before my mother probably could even utter the prayer, before I could utter the prayer for my own deliverance, God heard our heart crying. Even before the prayer is uttered or the yearning of the heart made known, that's made known to the person, not known to God. Grace from Christ goes forth to meet the grace that is working upon the human soul. Christ Object Lessons, page 206, paragraph 1. My mother would later give her life to Christ. Her and her friend would both be baptized. They didn't become Adventists, but that's okay. They're on their journey. They're walking with God. They're making the connection. God is growing them. She died in Christ. I have the hope to see my mother under the tree of life one day. Because God delivered me and he would not put it in my heart to affirm my mother. Now I want to speak to all our educators and our university leaders and administrators for a moment. We talk about creating these safe places on our university because you say you love these people, but I want to challenge you because your love is false and it is not true. And you're not creating a safe place for them. All you're doing is you're placing them in a position where they are affirmed in their sins, which Jesus has never done. You will not find it in Scripture. And if you, if you find it, call me up. I'm willing to hear you. But you're securing them in a fate that will end in the lake of fire. Now, what happened here this last week should happen on every university campus. These people come with a solution. They come with encouragement. They come with help. It's not about condemnation. They want to create the true safe place for them in Christ. And so I challenge every university president, every administrator in our universities to submit to God and not to the government and give these people a chance to come and share what Christ has done for them. Friends, let us not affirm people in the wrong way. My mother never asked me to do that. She never asked me to deny my faith because that's what I would have been doing, taking Christ's name in vain, affirming somebody in their own sins. I wouldn't do it for that sin no more than I would for somebody that was committing adultery, stealing, taking his name in vain, or having another God before him. I could not, will not, we should not ever do that. Now, in closing, I want to encourage all of you that have come and shared your testimony. We've had a mountaintop experience here. What do you say? Amen. Amen. The children of Israel had a mountaintop experience when God took them across that Red Sea. 
Can you imagine what it was like to get on the other side and see that sea close up and swallow up their enemies? They were rejoicing. They were free. But I can tell you, friends, I know from experience, just as God led them, and you've got to let God continue to lead you from victory to victory, the Pharaoh, he came after them. The enemy's not happy that you stood up here and you testified of the power of Christ. He's not happy, so he's coming. Just before I left federal prison, I had a, a gentleman come to me, and he wanted to thank me for spending time with him and encouraging him. His name was Noel. He was dying from AIDS. And he says, Dennis, Satan's coming for you. He said he already has me, but he's coming for you. And I said, Noel, I said, he, he doesn't have to keep you. I said, Jesus can give you freedom. He set me free, brother. He can set you free. And so, yes, friends, Satan comes after you, but fear not. Because as he, Pharaoh, came after the children of Israel, that cloud rose up and he, he, he stepped between them. And he said, no, you're not touching them. They're going to cross that Red Sea. Be of strong, be of good courage, stick together, pray together, be close with Christ. If you feel that temptation, you feel overwhelmed, get on your knees and pray. And when you have your hands behind your back, you can't really do much. But pray. Continue to form a support team. And don't stop sharing your testimony. Amen. And friends, if you fall down, get back up and keep on going. You're on the path. You're heaven bound. Let us keep going in that direction. I want to invite all of our presenters, those that have come to share your testimony. Come on up front here. Come on up on the steps here and stand up here with me. And congregation, let's rise up. And we're going to sing that theme song one more time. There's Power in the Blood, number 294. Those presenters and those that shared, those that have family members that you came to support, come on up here with me, please. seminars this week amen praise God just to let you know we're gonna do all stanza the stanzas and courses of this song after we do the chorus on the, the chorus the third time we're gonna do it one more time and we will be doing it a cappella. and on that stanza you'll see that all of our friends up here we will we will be lifting our hands up as we sing there's power in the blood join us in singing as we sing power in the blood song 294 All all together. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you were evil a victory win? 
There's wonderful power in the blood. You know the chorus all together. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the land. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the land. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. In the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power. Let's pray. I'd like everybody to stay up here. I want to pray for you. Loving Father, what an amazing weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have poured out your spirit. Yes. Our cup is full and overflowing. Mm -hmm. Lord, I ask you to bless these ministries. Yes. I'm asking that you'll lay strong conviction on the hearts of our leaders in our universities and our other campuses to truly allow a safe place to take place. Not one they define, but one that you define. Yes, Lord. And I'm asking, Lord, you give them no rest for the sake of these precious souls that truly want to be free. You hear the heart yearning. You hear their heart cry before they can utter it. You hear it just as you did for me and many of these up here. Send your angels, Lord, that excel in strength to their side. If they won't create a safe place, a true safe place, and allow these people in, then you open an avenue that outside of every university, there's an office, there's a place that they can go to and find help and encouragement and strength and freedom in Christ. Bless us, Father, we pray, as we now close off this weekend, this week. <laughs> And go into this new week. Protect us, Lord, as we know the enemy will come with assaults. He'll seek to sideline us, Lord. Give us the grace to stand firm and strong and to call upon your name. And now, Father, as we depart, bless us. Be with Pastor Ron as he's traveling and the others that have spoken and departed.
continue to strengthen us, Lord, Mm -hmm. to prepare a world for your son's soon coming. In Jesus' name, name. and we all say, Amen. 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 All right, friends, this concludes an amazing weekend.